listening to the Multifamily Podcast, brought to you by Ron Ruiz and Martin Canchola, co-founders of Apartment SEO, a premier Google agency, where we discuss current multifamily and real estate trends, apartment marketing strategies, and speak with some of the most influential thought leaders shaping the multifamily industry today. Welcome back to the Multifamily Podcast with Ron and Martin. It feels good to be back and keeping the momentum going with more powerhouse guests for the show. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with our good friend and fellow podcaster from Renter Obsessed Podcast, Sydney Weber, who's the marketing lead at Updater Move HQ. Uh, previously, she was at Knox CRM. We will get into her experience in the multifamily industry as a B2B marketer. We will also dive into what it takes to launch a successful podcast life in the multifamily industry, and also covering apartment marketing insights you don't want to miss. Sydney Weber, welcome to the Multifamily Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I can I just say that, of course, an SEO company would call their podcast the Multifamily Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember when you told me you bought that domain. I was like, gosh, you're brilliant. Of course you did. And the name of your company is like so Googleable. So nice. Yeah, nice yeah, on you there. Brand killer right there, apartment SEO. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, we're kind of we're kind of not as unique there, but it definitely makes sense on an SEO standpoint, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Sydney, welcome to the uh, podcast. I'm so excited to have you, uh, and you, and that you could spare some time with us and join us. Um, obviously, I think nowadays, you know, everyone's downloading podcasts, which is a good thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Having content at your fingertips, we're all an on-demand society, and uh, we and it just it makes it so powerful. As creators are able to build their own platforms and brands. Uh, the cool thing is you don't need tons of startup capital, obviously, as we know, to actually start your own podcast nowadays. And the benefits are potentially huge for businesses, branding, and B2B marketing. So what I want to know is what was the initial strategy behind the Renter Obsessed? By the way, I love that name too. Renter Obsessed <laughs> Podcast by Nar- Not CRM. Um, first off, that name was sort of a ripoff of one of my favorite <laughs> podcasts called True Crime Obsessed, where two okay. comedians talk about a recap true crime documentary. So every every idea is stolen. So, but anyway, <laughs> yes. So the background, um, I I'm a huge content marketer because I believe that a lot of like modern B two B marketing is just selling like buying ads on Google and that kind of stuff. Like that's just, that's sales, you know? And I think truly marketing is educating your customer, identifying who your ideal customer profile is, really digging deep and interviewing them and doing a ton of customer research on what matters to them and what resonates with them. And then crafting the content you build around that. And so I knew we wanted to do something like that. And I just think podcasts are such a catalyst. Like sitting down to write a large ebook or blogging day after day, that takes so much time. Yeah. What we're doing right now is going to take an hour. We're going to talk and it's going to be natural and things are going to come up and ideas will be shared. And it's such an easy way to produce content at scale. But I don't think that stopping at recording a podcast and putting it up on Apple and Spotify or whatever is, is the move. I think it's taking that content and creating short blog posts, creating social media posts, clipping it up into different videos and subtitling them and putting them on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever your audience is. Um, I think podcasting is just the catalyst for a much larger content distribution strategy. But what I really love about podcasting or creating audio-only content is it is the most passive form of content. Right. So we have very little time in our day. Um, the different types of content you can have short form video on like TikTok or whatever mm-hmm. social media platforms. You can put, put YouTube videos up that someone has to sit and watch with their full attention. You can write content where someone has to have their full attention to read it. Podcasting is the only form of content that is passive. You're just in their ear talking in the background while they're driving to work or they're gardening or cleaning their house. When I got into podcasting, all of a sudden my house got so much cleaner, not me podcasting, but (laughs) listening to podcasts. Um, And so it's just a way we're fighting for people's attention. And you you always say like, oh, get grab them in the first three seconds of your video, not in podcasting and podcasting. You can have someone's attention for an hour and it's not uncommon. So it's much more powerful than marketers than people even realize. I think that's so powerful. And it's true because you could even at work, like, you know, multitasking and having it in the background and, you know, simultaneously learning while you're working. 
Definitely. Oh, I definitely listen to podcasts when I'm doing something that isn't like writing related, if I'm designing or something. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. So who initially um, really initiated the podcast, like to have it actually make it happen? You know, I worked I worked with someone named Lindsay Schober, who was the head of content at um, Knock for when I first started. And we just totally clicked. And we had a lot, we just both had this idea that we wanted to do this. A couple of my other coworkers were into it too. Um, someone on the sales team was like sending us Chris Walker content back when we first discovered who he was. He's obviously like the most famous B2B marketer of the moment. Um, and we knew that we wanted to scale up our content production. Knock is in a, such a unique position um, that company because it's very it's very much like the core of your technology suite. Like you use it to interact with your customers. Actually, I work at a new company now where I'm also built. We're also building a CRM product just for a different industry. So um, you touch so many different aspects of your customers daily life. And so you have a lot of opportunity to be their helper, their business partner, help them understand your product, but also help them understand how it interacts with everything else and best practices for just their job in general. Um, you know, that old like social media rule, the 80-20 rule? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the 80-20 rule is important in all aspects of marketing. I think 80% of the time you should just be helpful, be really helpful and be the, be the person that they go to when they need something, even if it has nothing to do with your product. And um, 20% of the time, go ahead and try to get that sale. But I think it's really important to lead with assistiveness. And that's what we wanted to do with the podcast. Um, I was a multifamily marketer. So it was. I think it's also really important when you do decide to go in that direction that you have the right person in place to host. Um, that you know is is willing to get up there on camera, but also knows enough and relates enough to your customer that they're relevant to the customer. Yeah. So delivering like, value and mm-hmm. and more execution. So I, I love every piece of that. When you decided to actually start and help build Renter Obsessed Podcast, what were some of the initial steps you took to ensure a smooth setup and launch? Um, well, I am close, not close, I'm medium close friends um, with mm-hmm. someone in Portland. His name is Greg Nibbler, and he is one of the OG po- podcasters. He used okay. to work in radio. Uh, he has a podcast called Fun Employment Radio, and they record like daily. He's very well known. They've wow. been doing this since like 2009. And when we decided to do a podcast, I texted him. And I was like, hey, are you a podcast engineer too? Or do you have one? And so I ended up working with him. I'm a huge proponent of edutainment education and entertainment. I think mm-hmm. anyone could just educate. Um, I get bored easily. Um, I want something to not just be uh, you know, helpful, but I want it to be snappy and fun. And I want to feel like I relate to the host. And it was really important to me early on that we don't just focus on the quality of the content, but the quality of the actual podcast. So he was in there. I was like, Greg, if I sound dumb, cut it. If there's a long pause, cut it. If there's like, oh, you're muted, you know, Zoom's muted. Like, I don't want any of that. Cut it all. I want it to be snappy. And so he'd take like 15 minutes off an episode and you could feel it. People just thought we were so smart and so smooth. Really, he was, he cut out a whole section where my ducks escaped my backyard. I had to like go off camera and chase them. Like we were legit and it wasn't even that expensive just to hide. I mean, he's, there's companies that do it too, but um, he's just excellent. So if anyone out in podcast land wants his number, hit me up. I will, I will share my resources. Um, but that was a huge, huge win for us early on. It allowed me to be able to do more like other things, contract con- distribution, cut the video up and stuff and trust that the audio and the uploading aspect of it was handled. Like I didn't do any of it. I just sent them the Zoom recordings. So that was key when starting a podcast for us. I'm just excited that you have ducks. Oh yeah, I have ducks. ducks. (laughs) (laughs) I have chickens. (laughs) I have chickens and ducks. You have chickens? Yeah, I do. I have three little chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am taking tons of notes here. That's awesome. What was his name again? Greg. I have Greg from Portland. Greg Nibbler. Nibbler. Unemployment radio. I want to hear him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, fun employment. Okay, great. So my question for you is, did your team face any roadblocks, obviously, in the early stages of your podcast? And how did you officially overcome them? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> Greg helped a lot, right? You but. know, you know, the greatest thing about being a marketer is whenever you say, I have this idea, you know, and everyone whoever not marketers, but like your boss and boss's boss and leadership are like, okay, great. How many leads is it going to drive to the sales team? And I'm like, I don't know how many leads is going to drive to the sales team. I'm just trying to get yeah. people to know us and like us. And like, yeah. if you go into it with that mindset, you come across like you have that mindset. You're like, oh, this is not a podcast. They're just trying to sell me something. And and it was really challenging early on to help justify the time investment. There was very little monetary investment. I think Greg charged like 100 bucks an episode. I can't remember. I don't want to speak for that. I, off the top of my head, I don't remember. Um, but the cost, the actual budget cost was very low. But the time cost was pretty high, especially for me because I was sourcing all the guests. I was doing all the after like the, a lot of the, um, the work afterwards, post-production stuff. And so it kind of overwhelmed my whole job there. So it was really challenging in the beginning. And I think a lot of times marketers are so fixated on quantitative data and that is, yeah, we could have a bunch of listens the listener count and subscriber count could be going up. But I think it's really, really important for marketers, especially early on when they're trying new tactics, is to don't discredit qualitative data. Um, a lot of times, a lot of instances early on in the podcast, I'd have someone on the sales team reach out to me like, hey, I have this prospect that I've been trying to reach out to for months and they won't get back to me. They just did because they said they really like your podcast. Or I would go to, I would reach out to someone that someone on the sales team wasn't able to book a meeting with and I'd ask them to be on the podcast and they'd say yes instantly. Um, and then we were able to develop slowly develop a relationship that ultimately led to a point where if and when they were trying to buy what we had to offer, of course we had a seat at the table. And so I think that when you're, give yourself some grace early on, go into it with the right intentions because our customers are smart as hell and they can see right through any like marketing tactics that you're trying to push on them, especially if you're marketing to marketers. Yeah. And the power of the podcast too, just once you put the episode up, I mean, it's up there 24 hours a day. I mean, they can download it at any time. So once you put the work in for that episode, it's working for you around the clock, 24 hours a day. Yeah. I want to say that people buy the product that's the best one, but honestly, people like to buy from people they like. That's true. We're humans. That's the way we're going to operate. For sure. And I appreciate some of the feedback that you gave because, and I think, you know, we could see ourselves nodding our heads up and down like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's truly been the intention behind the original podcast that we created back in the day. And then this next uh, version of it is just being educational. The world is moving so fast and we need to educate. And the, the byproduct could be the, an extended relationship and or a sale down the line. But it's more of bringing guests, bringing thought uh, provoking people. So exciting. Yeah. So, so could you actually see any benef- benefits for individual communities or management companies starting their own podcasts? And how could you see this working for them? Mm. You know, it's tough. Um, I think there's a lot of podcasts out there and they're educational. You could use, I can see a company like a property management company, maybe a larger one using podcasting as a way to, as a means to educate potential employees um, or dry, like for recruiting. Um, one thing that you really need to have is a very distinct point of view, a point of view on whatever you're talking about. I had a very distinct point of view on multifamily marketing in that podcast. And it came across in every episode, no matter how many, what guests I have. Um, and if you look at who your target audience is and what they care about, I mean, if you're, if you're an individual property to 500 unit property, your total addressable market, like people aren't really listening to podcasts to find out where they want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, they might leverage more like influencer marketing or like TikTok videos or whatever, um, because it's such a visual thing. Um, I don't think people care as much about like what the leasing office's perspective is on living. Um, and also like, how would they find you? <laughs> So um, I, I think it's a little challenging in that aspect. However, we had an episode of French Obsessed a while ago um, where we dug really deeply. And I think it was when we had, it was, it was actually an SEO related episode, our first one. Um, we talked a lot about property management companies making the shift to focus on corporate branding versus individual property branding. And so people, like, can you take a property management company and create a brand, a loyal brand following, like you see in other consumer industries, like 
you know, Nike or a re- another retail brand, um, or even, you know, other technology companies like why choose Lyft versus Uber, that kind of thing. So I think there's so many options out there. And over the last couple of years, like there's been lots of like it, no, no prop. I don't think any properties have been struggling. I think they've been doing just fine. Yeah. Um, one day when there, it is more competitive and they might be struggling, that would be a great time to lean more into, you know, overall corporate branding and get some brand loyal customers to that only live at your properties. And you can, I think in that case, a podcast might be helpful. Yeah. I think overall the multifamily industry needs to get more on video. You know, I think that's lacking in a lot of aspects. <laughs> They're on video. Everyone walked around there in, with their iPhone and YouTube, made YouTube videos yeah. off their apartments. <laughs> yeah. Doing their self-guided tours. Here you go. Here's a yeah. video to, to go along with it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great feedback because we have through, since we revamped, uh, we have had some guests and clients alike that have mentioned to us, oh, we've always wanted to do this. Congrats on doing it again and blah, blah, blah. And I think the lift is just where people get stuck on. And I think you just gave some great insights for how, you know, to stir stir that conversation and see if it makes sense for them. If I worked in property management on the supplier side, not the the supplier side, on like the property management side right now, and I was like told you need to have a podcast about something, I would create a podcast all about advocating for yourself in the workplace, getting hired how to apply, how to draft the best resume, how to negotiate your salary. I'd probably make it directed towards women because I'm passionate about that. And I believe that there's still a lot of um, unfairness when, when it comes to hiring. And, you know, there's still, a, there's still a pay gap, especially with women of color. I would bring in DEI people. I would just really um, create an, the ultimate resource for someone that is like trying to get a job and trying to advocate or trying to advocate for themselves in their career. I would do that because even though people are, you know, renting apartments is fine. I know still that finding talent and and keeping talent is really challenging. And so obviously if you have really good, really consistent talent, your residents are going to have a better experience because it's still a people industry. And so that's what I, to get the most bang for your buck, that's what I would focus on. Um, like, look at what is it, Tony, Tony, the really famous, like the most interesting man in multifamily. You know who he is. He's been on Renter Obsessed too. He always has a repository of candidates for any role he could ever have yeah. because he talks about that subject. And so people want to work with, work for him, with him because he, because they understand his leadership style. They understand that if he's talking this way and he's working at this company, that company's values must align with his. And so you have a better idea by listening to a podcast, what it would be like to work for that company versus in your 30 minute interview when they're on their best behavior. (laughs) I think that's huge because you could also include your current employees, right? And Mm -hmm. speak to like their experience. And yes, I, you know, when I was up for a promotion, how I got it, what I did differently, what the company opened up. I mean, talk about a good lens where people can really speak, you know, identify with the culture before even, even interviewing technically, if they are listening to a podcast. Yeah. Don't gatekeep, let everybody like in and like, let them know how to really get a job and get a good paying salary and be paid fairly. Um, I also think that that content's relevant for a larger market than just multifamily. And so I think that I had a couple episodes about asking for feedback on renter obsessed and like advocating for yourself. And I had lots of friends and people that were not in the industry at all tell me how helpful that episode was for them. Not in the industry, not interested in being in the industry. So I think there's a lot of um when you have a larger audience set for your subject matter, you'll have a better listenership, obviously. Definitely. Although quantity is not everything, quality is important too. <laughs> don't don't dilute too much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If if you're trying to sell everything, you're selling nothing, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it could definitely be uh, this feedback could also be very agnostic. So appreciate that input. Um so in your opinion, what are some of the most powerful aspects of building and launching a podcast? And what were some of your key B2B marketing insights that you learned? I think the most powerful thing of Renter Obsessed was actually not Renter Obsessed. The most powerful part of Renter Obsessed was what I liked endearingly deemed them the RO crew. Mm. Renter Obsessed was never a podcast. Renter Obsessed was always supposed to be a community. 
That's why Renter Obsessed episodes were always live. We always had 20 to 30 people join in and we had a lot of consistency with the people that would come every week. We had live events, meetups at conferences. We had a huge pool party um, at AIM this last year. That was so fun. We had a ton of people show up. Um, so the most powerful thing that you can do as a marketer is facilitate a group of people um, to amplify your message. And so like, for example, I mean, we talk about like influencer marketing, which I think is kind of dying off, honestly, but like uh, the people relate more to their peers. People want to buy from their, ask their peers for advice. And when you, when you see a bun, a big group of people advocating for something and loving something and feeling connected to something that have no stake in the game, other than they're just getting something out of it personally. I think that says a lot about a company, about a brand, about a, a, a podcast. And so that was the key. That's what made Renter Obsessed different than honestly, all the other podcasts in the multifamily industry, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, that makes total sense. Building a community, that's that's everything, you know? That's they're the ones that's gonna spread the word. They're the ones that's gonna share the podcast and get more subscribers and really just build something that's of true value. So that's pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. I mean, a podcast, when you think about podcasting in a traditional sense, it's a one to many. It's it's an mm -hmm. audience, right? But the way Renter Obsessed was different and Please don't think this was an original idea. I definitely ripped off someone else, like everyone does. <laughs> um, <laughs> follow their playbook to the T. Um, but the difference is between a you know an audience is a community, is an audience is one to many, and a community is uh, many to many. And so you only have I have limited time in a day. People have limited access to me, but they had access to each other, and they met each other at regional events and form these really important friendships and good networking opportunities. For I mean, we were able to bring in early young marketers just getting their foot in the door, put them side by side with seasoned VPs that you see on stage at every conference. And they were able to develop relationships and get the name recognition. It's incredible for people's careers. Actually, that's a perfect segue into the next part. So you and I actually met at the Multifamily Social Media Summit in Napa uh, earlier mm -hmm. this year. You interviewed me for one of your micro podcasts on SEO and Google Business Profile, which was super fun. I bet going to all the different conferences and interviewing multifamily professionals was a real learning experience for you. And it was also expanding your professional network even more. What are some things you learned around the power of building a strong network in the multifamily industry? Oh my gosh, the multifamily industry is so freaking fun. I miss you guys every day. Um, <laughs> I, I, let me, I want to paddle back a little bit on that question um, because I clearly am not answering any of your questions what you want me to, but I, <laughs> here I am. Um, I, from a B2B marketing perspective, conferences are the most costly thing you could do with a very low return. Mm -hmm. You think you're going to go there and you're going to get all these leads, you're going to make all these sales. No one's going to a conference and buying something at a conference. And so what do you do? But back in the day, conferences were all we had. We didn't have communities and social media in the same way in a, in a business sense you know, 10 years, five, 10 years ago. And so conferences were where you went to connect with your customers and potential customers. I don't feel like that it's that way anymore. I think we have a lot more access to each other. We have a lot faster access to information. So how as a B2B marketer, do you justify the tens of thousands of dollars you're spending on a multifamily conference? I mean, some of these booths are $15,000. Oh, yeah. Um, and think about how much your product costs and like the life cycle, like how long it takes to sell it. And so I was very, um, I really wanted to get more out of these conferences. And I think that conferences are a really key way to, uh, they're an excellent opportunity for content. Our multifamily or the, the social media summit tipsy edition episodes were some of our most popular episodes. The energy is entirely different. Number one, I was kind of drunk. Like I've been drinking wine <laughs> All day with every I guest. It. I was a little looser. I talked fast <laughs> and had a high-pitched voice. Um, but we the banter and the way we were able to connect and what came out of it was different. It felt different than Zoom. But also I had access to all these speakers. They just popped in for 10 minutes. Like I didn't need to hunt them down and take an hour of their day. Um, it was a, it's a really good opportunity to, to have content. Um, I was just at a conference last week for the moving industry and there's a podcast in that industry too. And they had a deal just like I did with social media summit. Like it was the official podcast of social media summit. This was like the official podcast of that. And they had a whole setup with a video camera. Like they look like a newscasting station. And what's great about that is 
not everybody at a company gets to go to a conference. Like when I first started going, I had to beg to go to these things. When I was a multifamily marketer, it costs a lot of money to put up your employees. And so it's very um, exclusive, which the content is relevant to so many other people at the company. And if they don't go to the conference, like they don't get access to it. Yeah. Maybe they might look, read a blog post later, their coworker brought home some notes, but the, I loved doing that at social media summit because they got little snack sized versions of all the sessions. And so they were able to have like, they were able to have access to the content in the same way an actual conference attendee was. Um, so I think that was really valuable. What was your original question? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, you've really touched on it. I mean, really it's just about, yeah. you know, building your network and how it helped you, you know, just see more overall and the the power of it. So I think you touched on a lot of important aspects there. Yeah, I, I miss my network every day. <laughs> I still talk to some of them. Um, we, you know, we're all busy. Hopefully, hopefully I'll see them again soon. Yeah, I love the tipsy episodes. I'll have to go back and listen to some. <laughs> well, I mean, some people want to listen to a full hour and some people just want 10 minutes, seven minutes even. So yeah, yeah and, and again, in today's busy time, especially if you were doing them at uh, conferences, like that is just, that's plenty of time really, right? To get that oh, kind totally. of quality time together. Mm-hmm. Get the nuts and bolts and yeah, and then cheers to, with your glass of wine or, or <laughs> go to the bar and go get more. <laughs> yeah. Don't slurp into podcast mics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that thing where you put on the on the we have it on the mic? Um oh the little like foam thing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So outside of podcasting as the ultimate B2B marketing tool, what are some other tools apartment marketers should know about? Okay. Clarify this question because you said B2B marketers, but then you said apartment marketers. And I feel like apartment marketers are B2C marketers, whereas like the vendor side are B2B marketers. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. Probably focus more on the B2B marketing side. Yeah. B2B? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I think like on the vendor side, um, consistency, we don't see a lot of consistency. I think that's also what made Render Obsessed really powerful. And a lot of the other podcasters now is we we consume information at an alarming rate <laughs> and if you one of the biggest th- things that i've mistakes i think i've made in my past of as a marketer is being so and i do this all the time i'm so obsessed with everything being perfect and polished and so i spend a lot of time like thinking about it and strategizing and bringing someone in and writing this ultimate ebook or whatever the thing might be that i've been working on for months i put it out there nobody cares. And <laughs> it's all this effort. The return is not very much. And honestly, like it's generic because I probably copied 10 other people and like compiled them together. And I built this thing. And especially now the way younger people and not younger people, a lot of us are consuming content. We're consuming it in a very um, raw and authentic way. Look at the, the fall of meta and Instagram, the fall of meta. Instagram. Nobody cares anymore. Everybody's on TikTok. And the biggest difference between Instagram and TikTok, they have the same features. It Well, the algorithm's better in TikTok, but one is raw and one is real and one is more consistent. Like if, if you're a B2B marketer in multifamily, but honestly in any industry, leverage, fi- create a map of influence, find out where your customers are, who they care about, what channels they're listening to, create a map, and get your ass on that map every single day. Comment on people's posts, post things, post questions, post videos, show your face, be real. Don't be too polished. Um, I think that is a huge opportunity in B2B, but it's scary too, because like you're a big professional company. (laughs) Look at, okay, look at Wendy, like OG, look at Wendy's Twitter. Just bantering Wendy's Twitter. They made such a, just fighting with other fast food chains and being super, uh, I don't know, it just, it was funny and it was unexpected from a large corporation and it was really real. Um, that, that I know that's like an old, like people have been talking about that for years, but I think there's an opportunity there for B2B markers to be humans. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, the authenticity speaks so much, right. And that's how we, that's breaks down barriers. It opens up doors. It just, you really can connect with your person. It's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, authenticity and consistency are key. And consistency, yeah. Yes. And when you said that you're so polished, but you're, I mean, that you uh, focus on the details and everything, but I like how you're like, and don't be so polished. Like, find that middle ground of like, you know, being consistent, being like, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, know what you're talking about. 
I mean, get Grammarly, get the Google Chrome extension for (laughs) Grammarly, but also like be yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Keep it raw. So what's one thing, one thing your podcast venture did that you didn't expect, like overall, like, is there something that just came out of it that you just weren't expecting to learn from? I was not expecting anyone to show up first (laughs) (laughs) ever lost so much sleep every, every Wednesday night. Oh no, it's going to show up at my birthday party on Thursday. Um, But the thing that I didn't expect, and honestly, in such a short period of time, I mean, it feels like a big thing, but we only did it for like eight months. Um, The thing that I didn't expect is how deep the relationships were and not between me and the members, but yes, between me and the members, but between the members of the retro obsessed crew, like to the point where when we went to conferences, we walked around like a little gang i'm <laughs> not in a negative way but like yeah, yeah. like we were friends and what was so what was so powerful about it is a lot of the people in that were really the core members of the renter obsessed crew they were going to conferences by themselves for the first time ever in fearful that they would be alone or not have friends they show up and they have friends built in and that wasn't really something i was expecting I mean, when we set out to do it, we thought, oh, we're going to create great content on this subject for the multifamily industry. And we're going to bring make it live and bring in people. Because like I said, I really wanted to focus on the qualitative feedback before I focused on quantitative. And there's nothing more powerful qualitatively than having live people's faces there while you're talking and seeing if they're getting bored um, or seeing if they're engaging. So that was really, that was the reason why I made it live initially, because I wanted to make sure that the content was resonating. I did not expect the relationships to the level that they were. That's awesome. And they continue, as you mentioned, right? Yeah. Even though you're outside of, you know, kind of outside of multifamily currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, go ahead. For some context, I work at Updater, which yes. you all know and love, yes. but Updater is a much larger company than you know. I had no idea. They yeah. have um, several subsidiary brands. So I'm um, running all the marketing for one of their subsidiary companies, which is a software for the moving industry. So goodbye, my lovely multifamily marketer friends and hello, truck drivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're still you're still in. Yeah. So thanks for yeah. still in the multifamily gang. Exactly. You can see me pop over on that updater side here, here and there. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, and like I mentioned, normally you get sucked back into multifamily, whether you like it or not. So always, you're not too far away. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, being a podcaster, I'm sure you listen to all kinds of podcasts. But if you could choose one, which one would be your top choice today? Um, my favorite murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like true crime? I, love- okay. I, <laughs> I okay. You, I've told this, I've, I've given this podcast so much free advertising in my days. Um, I, <laughs> I, so over the last three months, I've kind of been quiet, as you've noticed. Um, I've gone into a bit of a hibernation, uh, self-care land, and I have stopped consuming so much marketing-related content and business-related content and really have been just treating myself to trash, like books, like murder (laughs) mystery books, and just like silly true crime podcasts. Not that it's silly, obviously, they cover really serious topics, but I I just love to listen to the... my favorite murder, two comedians talking about true crime, um, true crime obsessed, two comedians recapping true crime documentaries. I mean, I like I listen to the daily and stuff every morning, but really, um, if if you want to like business podcasts, I've I've listened to Chris Walker's podcast for a long time. I think he changed the name. It was like State of Demand Gen. Now it's something new. It's a B2B marketing podcast. Also, the person that I ripped off the idea for for Renter Obsessed. Um, also, Dave Gearhart has a great podcast called Exit Five. Um but yeah, I mostly listen to true crime podcasts. Hey, That's nothing wrong awesome. with that. Yeah, I'm a I'm a true crime true crime fan myself. So yeah, can't get enough of it. <laughs> if if you can just imagine a, a very basic millennial white woman, that's me. I listen to Taylor Swift and true crime podcasts and enjoy pumpkin spice things. No shame. In that order. Yes. <laughs> okay. So- Taylor Swift is number one. Did I mention uh, her first? Yes. Okay. Good. Good. With the pot, with the pumpkin spice, and then the true crime. Yeah. Oh yes. goodness. Okay. So <laughs> pivoting a little, Updater Move HQ oh. is your newest company. 
mm-hmm. where you are the company's marketing lead. Can you share a bit about what they do for the industry, for this different type of industry, uh, moving to storage and your current role there? Yes. So I'm just the marketing lead for Move HQ. Um, wow. We have an, an awesome marketing team for Updater that I'm, I sit on with everyone. So you guys know Updater. Um, Updater is a moving app that's invite only right now. So um, you as a property management company can uh, offer it to your residents. It helps them for their mail, sign up for their you know TV and internet, all this stuff. Um, they actually just launched a new product, product called Updater Pro Onboarding, which essentially, okay, there's a black hole. In the in the sales process of multifamily, and I am not the only one that has said has said this. We've talked, I've talked about it with many very well known leaders in the multifamily industry. You have your CRM; it does all these great things, and you have your property management system. There is a black hole in the center of that, and that is your welcome letter and your onboarding process. There's a lot of back and forth, like get me your your electricity number, like. PGE, we have it here. Like your confirmation number, right? Yes. Um, did you do this? Did you get renter's insurance? Did you do all these things? Yeah. There's so much email back and forth, which as a person who's worked in a corporate office of a multifamily company, when things are not automated and things are like reliant on humans and you have no visibility into it and you don't know if it's happening, it's a scary thing. And so updaters solve that. They're working with they work with over half the NMHC top 50. They're building product, they're finishing building, I think it's finished. Um, they're implementing it at like Graystar and Bazudo, big companies they've been working really closely with um, to solve this major problem and give you know property management companies visibility into the actual customer service that's happening there. And then you're and you know, you're getting people all the things that they need. It's a more it's a more seamless experience for the renters, but it just saves the leasing office so, so much time. So that's been the main focus of updater. Um, and then I'm working on Move HQ, which is a software company that builds an entire suite of software for local moving companies, um, truck drivers. Uh, it's they, I can't, we're working on something top secret right now that I can't talk about, but, (laughs) um, it will be coming out soon. Um, it's a really big initiative at move HQ. So that's why they hired me. I'm their first marketing hire they've had in a lot of years. So start from scratch in the first few months, I, we rebranded the company, we built them a new website. So we busy bees over here. That's amazing. So I have to ask, does updater move HQ, or Sydney Weber have any plans to start a pet podcast of their own for those couples? Oh my gosh! You know, <laughs> I I think about this all the time because you know I'm a theater person and I just love the spotlight. Like you asking me to be on a podcast. Oh, what what happened to me in my childhood where I needed this much attention? <laughs> love um, it. <laughs> I would love to. I don't. I think we will. At some, I don't know about updater. I'm I'm kind of like we'll see wh- where my role moves where they need me. But right now they really need me on Move HQ. And the thing about starting a podcast at Knock is I was a Knock customer. And so I had a very, like, I was a subject matter expert. I knew, I knew multifamily. I've been in my entire career. I don't know anything now. Like this, you think multifamily is complex? Oh my gosh. Moving is insane. So (laughs) I don't really know anything right now, but I do know that there's a gaping black hole in this industry Content-wise, there is not a lot of content. Um, so I think there's a huge opportunity. I just got to figure out how I can swing it. Um, what What's going to make most sense for this industry? Should I be the host? Should it be someone else? Um, the format at Renter Obsessed, when I had a guest on every week, that might work. And I can just, you know, talk to me like I'm in kindergarten kind of host. But uh, I don't know. I, I think there's always an opportunity for it. Uh, but I think there's a lot of uh, really big foundational stuff that needs to be built first before I'm ready at knock, I wasn't running the whole marketing function. I was a player on a big team. Um, and, but at move HQ, I'm, I'm all they got right now. I mean, I'm supported by updaters marketing team, but there's a lot to do. So we'll get there. That's it. So your time in multifamily, do you see anything as like an upcoming marketing apartment marketing trend that maybe we should keep our eyes on? Hmm. Um, Gosh, I feel like I would have had such a strong opinion about this uh, three months ago. <laughs> Too much like true crime. <laughs> melting into true crime podcasts. Um, I always think we should be making sure we keep a super close eye on other industries. Um, mm-hmm. yes. What is working? Yes. Uh, I think that I would love to see the multifamily industry focus on retention across their portfolio. I think that they're starting to do a lot more of this from like the centralized leasing perspective. But if you think about other companies, like they nurture their, they nurture their customers. You get emails. Like I get emails every day from some brands. Um, Some of it's annoying and I don't think we need to go that far, but like, how can you really, 
I don't want to say like eliminate a lot of your marketing spend, but like you've spent so much money on marketing and like SEO, for example, SEO is such a great investment because it's kind of, you, you build it, you build this machine and then you're not paying Google ads a bunch of money because you're ranking, right? Um, you're paying all this money for your traffic. I'd love to see this industry, um, nurture their, and I don't know if it's possible with different owners. And I'm sure there's a lot of, I'm sure it will only work for some some types of property management companies like owner managers. Um, but I'd love to see this industry invest more in nurturing the leads over the cycle of years instead of just like the seven to 10 follow-ups before the move. Lead nurturing. Yep. That is a big topic for us as well. So and long-term yeah. lead nurturing too. That's the, yeah, having that renter's profile and have, being able to follow them, you know, when they're getting their leases up, you know, what's what's happening with them then you know so well the other benefit that i've always said in our industry is that your customer moves in with you as when you're an apartment marketer right so that you have a captured audience if you will and you could do those nurturing and they're going to expect you to follow up with them and check in oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and especially if you're if you are receiving notices from residents or Maybe it's not like, hey, do you want to re renew your lease? Maybe it's, hey, do you want to renew your lease or check out this brand new building we're building across the street, like upselling your properties to them. If if it works, like if if it's, obviously it's better if you're an owner manager, but I think that that's something we see a lot in other industries that we could capitalize on in multifamily as well. Yeah, well, even if there's like retail at the new building that you're building down the street, you know, it's like help that building just get traffic overall, whether it's for you personally or for the retail that you work so hard to get that commercial tenant in, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. that's not easy. Absolutely. So in your life of multifamily conferences, what was your uh, favorite and why? I'm not trying to make enemies here. <laughs> I, know, uh, right? <laughs> I will say, okay, my best memories were at AIM. That's the conference that I went to three times. It was my first ever multifamily conference when I was a little teeny multifamily marketer who had no friends yet. Um, that was my first conference and I was absolutely blown away. And I made this promise to myself. I was like, one day, Sydney, you'll get to speak on stage just like them. Like you'll be yeah. smart enough. You'll be good enough to be a, a speaker at AIM. Like that was a goal of mine. And I loved how I, obviously it was in a gorgeous location, but it was a very, it was targeted towards marketers. It was my demographic and it was large, um, big, bigger than social media summit, which was a gorgeous, I love that conference as well. Um, but I got to, you know, very quickly, I achieved that goal of mine and that was really exciting, um, to do. And I got to speak on stage there twice with brilliant people about topics that I really cared about. And so another thing that was really special there was our um, renter obsessed pool party, which was our first like real renter obsessed meetup after, the first real conference after it kicked off and became popular. Um, so I'd say that just because of that special memories, that's, that's my favorite conference. And I remember aim, I'm pretty sure you guys were like getting down or dancing and stuff too, right? You guys had a whole, whole I, I have, I have a claim to multifamily fame mm -hmm. and that is I, uh, the two guys that run aim Dennis and Steve, I, yes. I, they were in their very first, I filmed their very first TikTok ever. So Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. On stage. Um, I, I like, I told you guys that I believe in edutainment because life yeah. is short, too short to be bored. Um, it's not just about education. Like if you're up on stage, people are there to be entertained. And I really, that was really important to me in my session, in our session with our group. Like we had, we had gimmicks left and right. Like we were not just there to talk about marketing. We we're not just there to talk about multifamily. Like we we're there to entertain the crowd. And they put, they put us at two o'clock when everyone was half asleep anyway. Yeah. So we were like, all right, this is our job. We're waking this up. We made them stand up and they, the whole audience was in the TikTok with us. That is so awesome. And I love the um the part, you know, being able to deliver the content in a good way, but also being able to have a sense of humor and make the audience laugh. It really engages them a little bit more. And, and you know, I think they learn a lot more from that. So well done. Memorable. Thank you. What's one lesson your time podcasting has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Um, I think it goes back to what I said earlier about um. I mean, this is such an overused word, authentic. So let me define this a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think that people connect with people and that will always be the case. Um, have conviction in your thoughts and like what you in, don't. I, and a, a young woman in corporate America, find myself constantly second guessing myself. Um, 
being in situations where I don't understand what's happening, I'm like, well, I must not understand because they're so much smarter than me, right? I just don't know yet. And, or there's so many, so much jargon they're using and there's so many acronyms they're using. And I feel like now where I'm, where I'm at in my life and I'm looking at that and people communicating that way, that is not a flex. Speaking in a way that people, normal humans under, don't understand is not a flex. It is gatekeeping and trying to look like you're smarter than them. And I don't think that's how humans want to be communicated with. And so I'd say my biggest takeaway as a podcaster, my biggest takeaway as a marketer, my biggest takeaway as a woman in corporate America (laughs) is to not, don't worry about sounding like everyone else. Connect with humans as a human, because the most valuable skill you can have as a marketer and the most valuable skill you can have as a person in in a, in a business is to be able to effectively communicate in a way that the largest group of people understands. That is, and, I mean, where, where's the mic? <laughs> That's powerful right there. So true. I think everybody can relate to that as well. I mean, I respect the women in business and the young woman in business, as you mentioned. I think that a lot of people can relate to that, even when you're not young and you're still, you're not trying to be a subject matter expert, you know, um, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Trust your instincts. Sometimes just because someone is in a position where they've done it a bunch of times and they're much higher up than you doesn't mean that your fresh perspective is not going to make a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Get over that imposter syndrome. Oh gosh. Yeah. We'll earlier, never get over it. <laughs> earlier you used, um, Earlier, I'm looking at my notes, give yourself some grace. Earlier, you used that statement. And I think that the other half to that, if I may impose this on that thought is, um, I think we all should have grace for even if you are that subject matter expert, if you are that veteran in the industry, and I'm speaking on behalf of having been on, you know, the, the apartment side as well as the vendor side, the supplier side, there's oftentimes where we want to have those kind of communication conversations. And the seasoned veteran person just cannot be bothered. So I think grace on both sides can really help what you identified as like, you know, trying to break in and, 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 you know, give everybody that open door. Yeah. Really break down that wall. You know, it's almost like, wait, you're the new vendor. I don't need to talk to you. I talk to this person. I'm good. You know, you know, an interesting thing that I've discovered in the multifamily industry, all those people that you put on these pedestals in the industry, they're always on stage at these conferences that are the big names. They're always guests on podcasts and stuff. If you actually talk to them, they're so lovely. They're so kind. They're so willing to give you the time of day and to, and to mentor you to what, to whatever. They're so lovely. And it's really kind of crazy when you get older and you just like start looking at, it's like when you start looking at your parents as human beings, yeah. you know, it, and I've gained so much in my life and my career by having the guts to talk to someone, to yeah. talk to a person that I was afraid to talk to and mm-hmm. to ask for things. People like to be asked for things. It makes them feel special and like they have something to offer. And so I, my advice would be don't, don't be afraid to talk to someone or ask, even if what's the worst that can happen. They turn out to be a jerk. Then yeah. good. don't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe that's where the tipsy uh, uh, episodes were great, right? Because it's like everybody's kind of a little loose. Like, <laughs> have a glass of wine, get over it. <laughs> they they during, later in the day they got a little. <laughs> yeah, there were some earlier morning ones that weren't too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have a mimosa. <laughs> oh, yeah, truly. So I know you kind of touched about this a little bit about Move HQ and Updater, but do you guys have any updates or new product releases that you'd like to share? Yeah. So I talked about a little bit earlier, Updater Pro or onboarding. I wish that I would have had it when I was on the multifamily side. I don't work on that product at all because I'm so focused on Move HQ, but oh my gosh. Um, I, I don't know of anyone else in the industry that is filling that gap. And so it's really cool to see. And they truly built it by talking to leasing agents. It is truly built by and for leasing agents. Obviously, it has a huge impact on transparency for the corporate office as well. Um, but I think that's important. I think it's important to understand what's happening at every step of the sales cycle and not have any black holes. Um, as far as Move HQ, um, we're building a top secret thing right now. Uh, I would I... love to tell you, but honestly, it doesn't really affect the multifamily industry at all. Um, but it's, I can say it's, it's huge. And it's very exciting to be a part of. And it was very strange going to a conference last week 
and not, we're not selling anything right now because we're heads down building, focusing on this top secret thing. Um, <laughs> but it was weird going to a conference and like not knowing anyone, but also not being able to tell you what we're working on. Uh, but it's also kind of fun. Fun fact. That's awesome. Fun fact. Little study in psychology, go to a conference and tell people that you're not selling and that you can't sell to them. Like you can't tell them what you're working on and they want to buy so bad. Yeah. Or yeah, be like part your, of it. your strategy, the invite only strategy, right? Oh, the exclusive, exclusive, mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sydney, thank you so much for taking time today with to hang out with Ron and I. It's always a pleasure to chat it up with you. And I really, hopefully, at some point in the future, we need to hang out again, actually in person. So hopefully I that'll happen. That. And uh, Ron, you have any final thoughts? No, honestly, I continue to be taking notes. I thoroughly, I was very in, infotained. <laughs> <laughs> edu, edutained, wait, what is it? I lost Edutained. It. It's not, edutained. it's not, a, I didn't make up the word again, yeah. stolen from someone else. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. It's all good. Um, no, it's such a pleasure. I mean, you bring such, you know, I can see the theater background in you. I love and appreciate that. You gave so many good nuggets to our industry to our people, to all industries, really, as we mentioned, some of the stuff translates to anything. Uh, the podcast about the employer side, I think that's phenomenal. I know some players that we've worked with uh, together that I think could do it because they have the bandwidth of maybe on the marketing side and they have like thousands of employees. So imagine how many guests they could have. That's huge, especially in today's day and age, DEI, you talked about women in business, women in tech, multifamily, you name it, you know, that's just... There's so much out there. And I think today we're looking at employers in a different lens, at least as an employer, you know, a growing company, I'm looking at it in a different lens too. Um, the true partnership, you know, working remotely, maybe never even meeting your employees. That's what I'm facing right now. How do you truly know that they're in, they love us, they want to stay with us. You know, they made a great fit. I think that if they could have a um, a lens into our voice as a company, So, I mean, I could go on and on and on about that, but thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your insights, your energy. Like, I don't want this to end and we definitely need you to come back. And, um, and again, I like Martin, I'm going to join that, that date. If you guys connect together. Yeah. Amazing. I can't wait. Thank you so much for thinking of me and giving me a little window back into my most loved industry who I miss so much, um, and let them all know that I miss them and I will see them again soon. Um, and thank you for having me. That's awesome. Of course. You All could right, be so one of our awesome. affiliate uh, podcasts, you know, interviewing <laughs> at conferences. <laughs> In the field. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. All right. So thank you everyone for listening to the multifamily podcast today. Please take time to visit updater.com and movehq.com and check out their integrated suite of technology trusted by the top moving and storage companies today. Uh, Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast at multifamilypodcast.com. We are on Spotify and iTunes and all the other podcast platforms. Also, you can request your free marketing analysis from apartmentseo.com and set up your demo to learn more about our full suite of digital marketing services. Until next time, everyone. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily Podcast, brought to you by co-founders of Apartment SEO, a premier Google agency with your hosts, Ron Ruiz and Martin Kinchola. Join us again next time as we continue to bring you the latest and greatest in the multifamily industry. 